Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. I'm really excited to meet today's founder. I think you're going to get a lot from his story. GFC backed e commerce marketplace, GFC standing for Global Founders Capital. Uh, the e commerce marketplace novel ship that they're backing specializes in limited edition sneakers and streetwear. And they're looking to capture Asia Pacific's booming but fragmented sneaker resale market. Let's find out more about Novel Ship. It is uh, CEO and co-founder Richard Sia's third venture. They have an app for you to use as well so you can buy and sell these sneakers, authentic sneakers that range from the likes of Air Jordans, Yeezys, the Supreme Collection. They bring in some $3 million in monthly revenue and and, you know, at the start, I mentioned GFC. They've secured $2 million in funding from Global Founders Capital. Time to find out more about the company and how it's grown. Richard Sia is CEO and co-founder of Novelship. Good morning, Richard. Hey, good morning, Joe. Thank you for having me here. So excited to hear about how you grew this business. So, you know, it didn't come easy, right? You had two failed ventures in your mid-twenties, a mobile cafe, an e-commerce software business. Why the pivot to sneakers and streetwear? Right. So, you know, the, the, the journey, right, is uh, we, me and my co-founder, so we're a co-founding team of two, me and my co-founder, we actually reconnected in NUS, where I studied econs, we studied biz. Uh, you know, quickly we realized, I think it was in year two that we started our first venture. We realized that, you know, we were not your orthodox type of people who, you know, who just go you know, safely find a job. So eventually, I think we, we started the first venture in school, you know, that in year two. And then subsequently, uh, you know, we made a bit of money, but uh, it wasn't enough to support all five of the partners. So the other three guys resigned, but two of us pressed on. That was a mobile second, cafe in the second year of university that you start? Is that it? Yeah, correct, correct. Okay, and all right. We pivoted to the new model, but... Very quickly, we realized it was not something that we wanted to do for the long term. Mm. So I with and we had a long discussion about what is something that we are passionate about and something that we can actually create a business venture of. And of, of course, you know, our interest lies in sneakers. We have been sneakerheads for a long time. So very naturally, you know, the rest is history. So you and your friend Chris Sway um, really yeah. started Novel Ship, right? And this is for... Uh, the crowd that you resonate with, men and women who really want that limited edition pair of sneakers. I mean, how do you conceptualize the the audience that you're going for right at the start? Well, at the start, you know, we didn't really do, uh, to be honest, we didn't do a lot of market research. That's great. Uh, also, you know, we didn't, we didn't know how to, right? So back then, it was just a simple idea of, you know, hey, we, we are consumers of such products in this region. We ourselves face massive issues in getting access to limited edition authentic products. And back then, you know, honestly, the only ways that we have was to use, uh, you know, black markets to uh, use black markets like Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, even Carousel. But if you are dealing with strangers online, there will be tons of scams. And even if you're lucky enough to receive the parcel you pay for, there's still a very good chance you receive a counterfeit. So we, back then, we just think about the problems that we ourselves face as consumers in this region and see if we can solve our own problems and also try to solve the problems of other similar consumers. 
Love it. So the main problem is you're buying something that has been, is it for used sneakers or do you have new sneakers as well on Novel Ship? Yeah, so right now we only accept, uh, uh, you know, in our industry, we call it day stock. Uh, so in other words, they are pre-owned but pristine condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now we only do day uh, uh, stock shoes, day stock sneakers. All right. And the issue, I suppose, of buying off eBay or any of these other sites was, how do you know that it is authentic? How do you get around this? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think one very big difference is we place a lot of emphasis on authentication process. So every single product that's transacted on our platform, regardless if it's a new seller or a veteran seller, every one of them have to send in their products to one of our five processing centers around the region for authentication checks. That's where we have our brand experts with more than 10, 20 years experience combined to look at each individual shoe and you know, look at our checklist and determine if uh, it's authentic or not, or if the conditions meet our criteria. And then based on that, you know, only when it passes through our stringent criteria do we actually send the shoes to the buyers. Absolutely fantastic. So since you launched in October 2018, uh, you've secured 2.05 million US dollars in funding uh, and around led by Global Founders Capital. Tell us a little bit about what your values and attitudes have been in growing this business. Are you a hands-on founder? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, uh, in the early days, it was just me and Chris, right? Two, two men, two men army. And <laughs> was done by us. So, you know, uh, we're talking about delivery men. So we're the delivery men, the customer service, the payments officer, you know, everything. So back then, I think uh, we, we really were very hands-on. But you know, I think as we started growing this team, you know, as it, which as it is, it's already uh, 60 to 70 across the globe. Uh, we, we already have a team, you know, situated in quite a number of locations. I think as we transition towards next step, uh, we start to realize that the needs to delegate our duties. So this is something that happened relatively recently. But all along, you know, we have been fairly hands-on. Were you always looking at being bigger than a two-man outfit? I mean, now with this funding, over two million, you're looking at markets outside of Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, and Indonesia, I understand. But can you sort of reverse engineer for us how you were able to scale up? Well, I think uh, first of all, right? I think it's uh, when when we are, you know, when we are in the early days, I think it's easy to get caught up in what we have always been doing, which is, you know, doing a lot of hands-on stuff. Mm. This is also have been comfortable with. Uh, but I think uh, as we started realizing that the scope of the business has gone beyond, you know, just something that two men can handle, we started hiring the best, right? We started hiring talents who are also interested. In, you know, uh, uh, you know, extending this service to more consumers in this region. So as we expanded more the team, I think one of the key reasons why we were able to make the transition to the next step is we started, uh, you know, learning to dedicate and trusting other team members that they can do well, do better than us in the respective roles. And then subsequently, I think uh, recently we made another transition, which is our team has gone be above fifty. So we start having more uh, cultural practices in the company to really you know, guide their behavior. I think these were the various things that we learned along the way. Fascinating. What do you mean by cultural practices? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think in the early days, right, what, what I mean by that is right now, especially with COVID, we're dealing with a lot of remote teams. There are literally, you know, team members who have come on board 
without ever meeting any one of our team members face to face. So, you know, when under such situation, you know, how do we guide their behavior? How do we make sure that, you know, they, they serve the consumer exactly in the same way that we do? By, you know, uh, really guiding them with uh, culture, like, you know, how we onboard them, you know, what language we use, you know, how do we drill the culture into their brain? You know, the, what knowledge, how do we drill the values of knowledge into them? So these are the things that we started focusing on, which is why I think recently we, uh, not, not recently, but at the start of the year, we brought on board very experienced you know, HR personnel to help us to achieve this. Very interesting, the focus on staff right now. Um, what do you say are key <clears throat> lessons that you can share for entrepreneurs listening in and they want to learn more about funding and bringing about financial stability for their company. What advice do you have in the area of funding? Well, I think uh, for all entrepreneurs that are just starting out, uh, the very first thing, the very first thing that you 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 got to do, I think funding is a byproduct of that. The very first thing that you have to do, number one, is you really have to think long and hard about your business, right? Is this something that you are, so I mean, other than the market sizing, you know, uh, other than uh, how, how, how big this can get, you have really have to think about uh, how passionate you are about this business. Because trust me, I think that the going will get tough during periods of time. I, I remember, I remember uh, before we got funding, there were a period of time that where we almost ran out of money. And it was really passion and faith that, that kept, us, you know, kept us going. Mm. So you know, I think even for us, you know, passion was what really drove us. And the second thing is that uh, when we were talking to investors, especially early investors, mm. and you team that just came fresh out of school, you have no track record, and you don't have a lot of traction on, on your website, on your app. Uh, this is where your passion shows. You need to identify clearly. So when you're talking to the investor, typically you don't have too long to impress them. Uh, actually, when I met GSC, I remember that uh, I, spoke to, I spoke to Tito, who was the partner back then, you know, mm-hmm. okay. I spoke to him for less than 50 and he asked me a few questions. So, number one, he asked me about the market. He wanted to know my understanding of the market. Right. He asked me asked, asked about the team's background. And finally, he asked about how we are going to address the problem that the consumers have in this region. And you have to be, have really have to know, have to know your numbers. That is absolutely fascinating insight, really. Did you build your mobile app even before you had a significant audience? <clears throat> so, uh, you know, this time, so this time when we uh, went into Nowship, we learned from our mistakes, previous mistakes. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing that we had previously was we just jumped into the business without doing a lot of research, without doing market testing. So this time around, we didn't immediately launch the website. Uh, actually, starting from end of 2017, you know, we we started doing a lot of validation, validation and conceptualization. Mm. So, if you search for knowledge on Carousel, you can still find traces of what we did in the past. So, we you know, we we managed to attract quite a number of customers without uh, incurring the cost upfront. And then, only when we realized that there were enough consumers, enough interest. Then we finally launched our website in 2018 October. Test the interest. Oh, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I'm on Carousel and I can see novel ship coupons <laughs> still up for sale. <laughs> Listen, what is your strategic approach to building this platform and making it a success? It's gone beyond sneakers as streetwear as well, right? Yeah, so I think for us, uh, 
uh, our approach has always been to, you know, to really uh, cater towards the consumers that we're speaking to, uh, or that, that we want to bring on board. I think for them, for this group of consumers, we define them clearly as Gen Z, right? So people who are between 18 to 18 to 40, you know, who are interested in using brands as a way to uh, to individualize themselves, to showcase, you know, their their differences from their peers. Uh, this is one common trait among them. So I think for this group of consumer, what we identify is that uh, sneakers is only one of their many interests, right? So if you have a fancy sneaker, uh, typically it needs to come with a nice jacket as well. And then typically, you know, this, this consumer are also interested in collecting limited edition toys. So this is our thinking process behind, you know, expanding into other verticals like a streetwear and collectibles. These are all things that, you know, that will serve their needs in different other, uh, other different areas. But nonetheless, it's the same group of target audience that we are dealing with, which is the Gen Z that I, I spoke about. Absolutely spot on. I mean, when we try to understand the millennial investor, for example, that comes up quite a lot, right? The need for the uh, individual to sort of, you know, parade their individuality. How do they signal that? Absolutely fascinating. Uh, what are your next milestones for Novelship? Yeah, so actually, uh, I think uh, what, what's good news for the uh, Android users is that we actually recently just launched our, I, I, I think it just happened yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. We just launched our Android app after our iOS launch in, in July. So, yeah, I think Android users can ex- uh, experience a much better user experience right now. And then I think we are going to make a few changes and you know, uh, you know, improvements on the whole mobile experience for both our iOS and Android user as well as for our website user. So on this basis, I think by the end of this year, we would have optimized or improved most of the transactional-related features. I think one of our key focus for next year is we don't just want to be be a place where uh, people buy and sell, right? Because after all, we're talking about very expensive product. We, what we came to realize is, you know, we, what we have here on our website or on our app is a group of very passionate audience, a very uh, a, a group of consumers who are very passionate about the products that they, they, are, they are looking to buy or sell. So what we eventually want to move into is we want to move into more uh, engagement-related features, uh, community-related features, that allow the passionate group of audience to interact with each other. So this is our key focus for next year. And this is also what we want to eventually evolve into, which is a one-stop place where passionate people can buy, sell, and also talk about the kind of uh, products that they, they are Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, in the meantime, you know, we're sort of in the middle of a global uh, crisis when it comes to ports, right? Um, are, are you looking at evolving so that, you know, there's greater control over your logistics arm? Yeah. So, you know, I think from last year, uh, when we first, uh, I think when first, when COVID first hit us, there was a massive uh, impact, right? One of the biggest impact is in all the logistics lanes. Uh, a lot of the logistics lanes were entirely closed. Some of the countries are not even accepting, you know, shipments coming from Singapore. So we had, unfortunately, we had to, you know, shut down a lot of uh, country lanes back then. But I think fast forward to today, uh, we have already adapted our warehouse, our processing facilities to, uh, you know, having a proper SOP, you know, having sanitization and all that kind of things to keep the health of our staff as well as, you know, the health of our consumer, uh, you know, you know, very safe. 
So on that basis, I think we already have most of the SOP that will keep us going uh, you know, across all these countries you know, under this kind of situation. So I don't think we are, yeah, I think we are, we are very adaptable. We are already adapted to the current situation. And before we let you go, Richard, you're a long way off from 2018 when you and um, Chris started this and it's become a massive success since. But what do you say to entrepreneurs, would-be entrepreneurs listening in? What resources helped you build a business? What resources helped me build a business? Uh, I think the number one thing when I started out was, uh, I think one very one thing that we are very fortunate with, uh, Chris and I, you know, my co-founder, mm-hmm. uh, our family were very supportive, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I think one of the key things among all uh, entrepreneurs is, you know, they need constant support. This is something that, you know, not, not anyone, not everyone will understand what you're doing. Some people may think that it's a waste of time. And I think you will get a lot of, uh, you'll get a lot of negative comments and negative emotions along the way. So this is where, you know, your family support comes in. So one, I think one very key thing that we have, uh, one secret sauce, I would say, is that even from early days, our families were very supportive. And even though there were times of doubts, you know, they never, they never gave up on us. So I think this was why we were able to keep our chin up even amidst all the challenges. Great thoughts on entrepreneurship there from Richard Sia, CEO and co-founder of Novel Ship. They're a marketplace for sneakers, apparel and collectibles and they've just a couple of days back launched the Android app. Richard, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me here. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.